In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to your visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, fighting District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Um, you know, I'm I'm good. I uh, uh, I'm proud to be a part of the podcast where. You know, the only podcast that on a Tuesday night had our special guest enforcer, um, Samoa Joe, choke out one of our vehicles. Yeah, choked it right out. <laughs> Just. Or choked out one of our pants. Yes. So we aren't able to wear pants. He was busy today. Choked out my car, choked out your pants, you know. Um, wait, wait. We're not, supposed to, we're not supposed to be admitting who, who had what happened. We admitted one time before I was pantsless. <laughs> this is payback. Uh, I, uh, I I have something on, just not you know. It's my banana hammock. Yeah, it's a small banana hammock, but you know. <laughs> I didn't say anything about the banana contained in the hammock, just the size of the hammock. <laughs> you can make your own inferences there. Uh, uh, no JLB tonight, I guess. Maybe. I mean, he yeah. might wake up and, and pop on and be like, I think I that totally Goldberg do. should face yeah. at which Darby point Allen in AEW. We'll probably <laughs> kick him off at that point anyways. We'll be like, nope. You missed your chance. Get out of here. So... Um, for those of you who are new to this show, the show is pretty simple. We're going to take turns challenging the other to book some unknown and usually unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We don't discuss them in advance, so our answers are made up entirely on the spot because we think that's funnier. We like to see the look on the other person's face when they go, ah, um, Fuck. I, I'm going to be nice tonight, so you can go first, because I know I'm being nice already. Okay, I will go go first. I don't but know first if we're going to talk about Tatnus and yeah. stuff. I don't know if you're going to consider what I'm going to challenge you to do to be nice, but, you know, we'll find that out. But yes, first, before we get into anything else, though, I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So you can always go up in your little browser thingy at the top and type in www.tatnusco.com, click enter, and you'll see all of the glory on the network page. You'll see all of the other shows that are in the network, and um, you can also see his merch that he's got and learn a little bit more about Tatnus. He's, he's got kind of some, uh, some fascinating history behind him, so... A lot of great stuff there, but head on over there and then come back here to check out uh, the next episode. As far as I know, we're the only one of them that is live streams. So, which brings us to talking about the fact that we are live streaming. We're still putting these out in the regular way that we normally did. So you might just be listening to this on your audio version. But in case you've missed us talking about it on the last, I don't know, two months worth of episodes... We are also live streaming this on Facebook and YouTube um, at the same time as we record it. So, and if it's you an want opportunity to, be... to see our ugly mugs, whether yes. we're pant- wearing pants or not. Mm-hmm. And see, the thing is, I only pointed out that you weren't wearing pants. I'm leaving me as a mystery. 
Tonight. Tonight. Yeah, in the past, it has not been a mystery. No, it hasn't been a mystery before, but tonight, I may or may not be wearing pants. Um, but if you want to get in on the fantasy booking uh, live, or even the WBU, or our uh, reviews of the different pay-per-views as they happen, because it seems to be every weekend is a pay-per-view nowadays, you can always check us out. We are live streaming every Sunday night and Tuesday night at 10.30 Central, so adjust according to your uh, time zone. Um, interestingly enough, uh, after the Hell in a Cell review, we got a kind of slew, like about a half a dozen new uh, followers on our Facebook page, and most of them were from, like, Pakistan and and the Middle East, and, and I thought about it, and I was like, well, that's 10 hours I- ahead of us, so mm, that's perfect time for them to be getting up and getting ready for their morning day, you know? Yeah. Fun for them. Yeah. Fun for them. Not as much fun for us here, but but yes, 10.30 every Sunday and Tuesday night. Um, you can come and join us on YouTube. Just search for WBU, uh, Raw and Order WBU on YouTube or on Facebook uh, at Raw and Order WBU. You'll find the page there. And you get notified when we go live right there. You can join. You can leave us comments. You can, you know, if we're, if we're feeling particularly saucy, we might even respond to a fantasy booking challenge from you live on air. You never know. Oh, what? What? Or, you know, if JBL didn't show up and you're listening right now and you want to throw that comment in, yeah, there's a pretty good chance that we'll yeah. have enough time tonight to do that. Yeah, just someone, you know. So that is a way that you can participate if you want to. Um, we talk about other things like liking, sharing, and subscribing, like uh, following us on Twitter, yada, yada, yada. Um, those are all great ways to support us and all that stuff. But just showing up on our live stream is a great way to sh- support us and show us that you're there and that you enjoy our show. And you can then interact directly with us and potentially get your fantasy booking challenge uh, answered live on the air. So um, you can follow us in all of the social medias that are in the doobly-doos, and we'll talk about them all later. But I just wanted to bring up the live stream as an option. So a uh, great and- way... Fun little statistic you discovered. If they were to do it and they had their own podcast, maybe it's a little struggling podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with us being a year and a half in, we just recently discovered that we are in the top 50% of worldwide podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we, you drop that stuff tonight, you're likely going to get on because, again, we have a small window without our third podcaster tonight. So, mm-hmm. so. so yeah, so check us out on the live stream or, you know, You can continue to listen to the audio version. You're not missing anything directly. I mean, it's the same show either way, except come to our live stream. You can interact directly with us and see our lovely or less than lovely mugs. And who knows? Maybe with Pantsless Tuesdays, you you might accidentally see a show that you didn't need to see. What up, ladies? Fabe's like, oh, I got to get something from the other room. Oh, (laughs) oh, shoot. Look at these socks. I mean, my underwear. Yeah. Both. So, both. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> You'll never know. Anyway, we will go ahead and get into the fantasy booking. And uh, because of that, um, a DA Fabe already said that I'll get to go first. So okay. I will start the first challenge. 
Um, and my challenge is, like I said, I don't know if you're going to think it's it being nice or not. Um, Sorry? I don't think it's mean, but uh, um, maybe the more I think about it, the more mean I think it might be. Um, so we had, we had the debut today, or not today, but yesterday on WWE Raw of a new character for a previously established uh, wrestler. We had Nikki Cross debuting her new superhero character. Um, I really thought you were going with Dewdrop, so I'm really glad that you didn't do no, it. No, not doing Dewdrop. Um, Nikki Cross's superhero character, which is getting getting a whole lot of response online. and Both sides. Yeah, both sides. He now, and up- excitement. Yeah, apparently it was her idea. Reportedly, I should say. Um, and I didn't like. I didn't hate hate it. I hated some of the things about it, though. I didn't like the color scheme, the the blue and gold color scheme. It didn't work well for me. Um, despite the fact that I went to a high school that mascot was blue and gold, or maybe that's why it uh, didn't work well for me. Anyways. Um, but so my thoughts are, uh, I would like you to come up with the superhero-themed gimmick for wrestlers from, we'll say, at least two other brands. Now, NXT counts as a separate brand, so SmackDown counts as a separate brand. But so AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor... SmackDown or Raw, but you have to come up. They have to be established people. Give them a superhero gimmick. This kind of sucks and rocks at the same time. So the the key to this on any front is to have it be better than Hurricane. That's the standard for superhero. Hurricane um, fit Shane Helms because he, he could play it. He was really, really talented. Um and and had some some could job and win at the same time like like it wouldn't it would not surprise you to see Shane Helms randomly beat CM Punk. It would have surprised you to see Shane Helms win more than half in a in a best of series. Um, in fact, it would have surprised you to see him win more than twenty percent in a best of series. But you would not have been surprised to see Shane Helms win a match against CM Punk, who who was at his prime at the time. Um, uh, first off, I do want to say that I think Nikki should have had some type of sociopathic breakdown that led to this, um, just because there was a there. There's been several storylines that have kind of been squashed around sociopathic breakdowns. Uh, that was her character in NXT. Uh, she then had this emotional breakdown where a best friend showed up with Alexa. Um, you know, this loneliness character. Um, she then had this best friend of Alexa. Alexa loses her damn mind uh, thanks to the symbiote. Uh, I'm just going to call the fiend a symbiote from now on. That's, that's just where I'm at with it um, until I'm proven otherwise. Um, sorry, I got something on my screen here. There's something on your screen. Well, I I am on my screen right there. See? Oh, yeah. Right there. I really yeah. need to come up anyway. with a new insult. 
Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good so far. Anyway, um, so uh, th- that's just my my quick input on Nikki. I know that that's not your challenge, um, but it, since it's there, I'm going to say it. Um, she needed more development to the reason for this character. Um, and losing your damn mind is a good reason to become a superhero. That said, are you frozen? No, you, I was asleep. You sleep, big no, guy. I was looking down at the NXT results. Oh, you sleep, big guy. No, no, you awake? No, no. Okay, okay. Anyway, so <laughs> wake up. Here we go, big guy. Okay. Yeah. So from no, two no, other brands. <laughs> from two other brands, um, I am going to actually choose one from men and one from women. Um, I think it, it makes logical sense. Um, I am going to start with AEW. And I'm going to go with the return of Shanna as a superhero. Um, I think Shanna's, you know, first off, a, a nice feud with the alien would be great. You know, the alien's starting to take over Shanna. And we've seen actually Shanna and uh, um, you're hating me right now because I can't remember the alien's name. Chris Statlander. Yeah. Statlander in the ring um, together. Um, I don't think they feuded against each other, but we have seen them in the ring together. But I think Shanna returning um, with a superhero gimmick works. Um, no capes. No capes. No capes. Yes, because capes get caught. Um, but I think... Well, Nikki's Shanna won't because it's like six inches long. So Yeah, well, unless somebody grabs it and yanks on it while she's wearing it. Anyway, moving forward. Um, and I want to see Shanna be kind of a, a save your face, much like the mid-90s um, mid nineties champions were, like Diesel when he was the, the face character, um, HBK, or not HBK, uh, Brett when he was the face coming in to, to save whoever was being unjustly attacked by the heels. Um, I think that that role fits really, really well. And she can just come in. She needs to have a, uh, you know, a Superman punch esque move. Um, it could even be the Superman punch. She could just be wonder girl, um, or, or, um, Le champion. Wait, that's already taken. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's close to Le Champion. <laughs> anyway, so she would come in. Her attire really didn't have to be much different, but but she can be like, I am here for justice and honor and dignity in the women's division of AEW. Um, she can say it with a French accent, so that'd be really kind of funny. Um, and, and I just want to make sure that everybody's treated fairly. Um... And so, yeah, she just comes in and, and tries to make things as fair as possible. I think she's just the right character for it, right person to carry that character in AEW. Uh, anybody else uh, really, you know, my other options were like a Yuka Sakazaki or something like that, um, in which case we get a Japanese anime superhero. Um, 
and I don't need Katana coming out to the ring going with her blades or anything like that. Um, I just, yeah, anime superheroes kind of have a tendency to have more power than a human actually does. Yeah, I I would uh, recommend you check out My Hero Academia to see some of the modern anime superheroes and find out they're not that much different than than current American. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sometimes a little bloodier, though. Although with the boys and Invincible and um, um, even Jupiter Jupiter's Legacy, I think we got our own share of bloody superheroes right now. So, uh, but that's okay. Moving on. The second person I'm going to choose is actually going to be an NXT character. Um, who I think has done really, really good character work in terms of being on both sides of the fence. Um, he already kind of has a nickname. I actually think he used that nickname as a moniker for his superhero dumb. Um, he, uh, he, like I said, he's been on both sides of the fence of good and evil. Um, he has a huge fan following, and I think he can actually hold a title hold the NXT championship under this moniker. And that is Johnny Gargano. I think Johnny wrestling could just be Johnny wrestling with bigger hair with almost like a Johnny Bravo S character. Um, and I think, I think the way you play that is with a inc- accidental hero. He's trying to come out almost like an inspector gadget style thing where he comes out to be a hero and whoops is into not being a hero but still inadvertently is the hero. You know what I'm saying? The the guy who comes out to stop the injustice and trips as he's coming out and it just happens to knock the cameraman over and the cameraman accidentally throws the camera into the ring and knocks out the bad guy or something of that sort. Um, you could even have him have a sidekick. I don't know, Austin Theory, who does the actual stuff much like like Penny and Brain do for Inspector Gadget, and and again, uh, Johnny Wrestling Superhero Extraordinaire is taking the credit for it, while Austin Theory is really the one saving the day in these events. I think you can get a ton of great vignettes out of those two. I think um, I think it builds Austin Theory to eventually be. You know, I'm 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 the one who's doing this, Johnny, not not you. And so you can get a feud there out of the two of them. I feel like I missed part of my mustache when I, yeah, right there, yeah. right there. Anyway, when I trimmed it today. Anyway, um, so that those are the two I choose. What would you choose? I'm I'm I am curious. Well, you know, um. I'm thinking a lot about it, and I'm I'm not entirely certain. I know uh, Johnny Wrestling is a good. I would go. I would go the opposite. I would go full on uh, Shane Helms alter ego concept with it, where Johnny Gargano is his alter ego, and then he comes out with a with a mask and a cape, and and he's it's Johnny Wrestling, and they're not the same person. And so they keep asking about the other one. Well, you haven't happened to see Johnny Gargano around here, have you? No. Hmm. Okay. Well, you tell him I'm looking for him. And, you know, effectively at this point, though, he would be kind of a knockoff of uh, the Hurricane. However, the Hurricane was really just a knockoff of every other superhero. So it's fine. Um, yeah. I, I really wouldn't mind seeing 
a, the problem, not even problem, but what happened in wrestling with the superhero style characters, which there haven't been a ton of them, but there have been some, um, is they usually are used on the uh, middleweight, cruiserweight size wrestlers. I would give money for Brian Cage Ooh. to be a superhero character. To, to get the whole superhero outfit, the crest on his, his chest sort of a thing, uh, giant C for Cage. Um, and uh, he, he can move around the ring like a superhero. They can play up his super strength as he lifts people up over his head. Um, so I think I'd probably go with Brian Cage or someone of his ilk. I mean, Wardlow would be okay, but I think I'd like Brian Cage better. Um, but that's you could even have him. You could have him wear blue and yellow, so he can still be the uh, the uh, Wolverine. Yeah, it would just have to be a, a different blue and yellow than <sighs> Nikki Cross wore. <laughs> you could the the other. I I I will take back what I said about Japanese anime. I would pay money to see. Um, uh oh former women's AEW champion um Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida. I kept wanting to say Io Shirai. Uh I would pay money to see Hikaru Shida in a Sailor Moon outfit, but we're not gonna go there. Yeah. There, there's there's probably a different website that you can go to find that. Might not be legitimate, <laughs> but I I bet you Same. if you go onto the Google machine and you Google Hikaru Shida. Are you don't Google it. Your wife's gonna look at your history and wonder what's wrong with you. My wife already looks at my history and thinks what's <laughs> wrong with me. Hikaru Shida Sailor Moon. Um <laughs> Oh, this is even better than I thought. I forgot. Hikaru Shida does cosplay. Oh, so there, there probably is crocheted so as Sailor There Moon. legitimately is cosplay of her. I don't think I don't think that's Sailor Moon though, because she's in green. So, and this shows my knowledge of Sailor Moon. I think that's Sailor didn't, Jupiter. Doesn't really matter. You know, didn't it's really close matter. enough, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Do do do. I'll go look later. I mean, Thank you. You're, you're 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 getting that picture in in the messages here in a second. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, she was one that I thought about doing a more. The the problem is you want you have to walk this line between um, it being funny and it being like stereotypical, sort of a thing. I like it. <laughs> Where, uh, and just just for everyone to know, if you go on Google and search for Hikaru Shida Sailor Moon, it's one of the first results that comes up. There's nothing it's very gay clean. about it's it. Very it's clean. very clean. Um, it's from her Twitter. You know, it's it's not. Um, I was fully expecting there to be some some fan art or something like that that someone had made, but it's actually her doing it for one of the comic cons. It's really super cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
But the, the thing is, like I said, you, you have to kind of walk this line because, you know, oh, you're just making her be an anime character because she's Japanese. She's an anime character because she likes anime and she happens to be Japanese and that's probably why she likes anime, but. But she yeah. probably hasn't only done that. I'm sure she's done a Black Widow. If she's a cosplayer, she's done some other characters. So, oh yeah, I, I like I said, I forgot that she did cosplay. So, um, I'm sure she's done a lot. But my point is, just from a uh, standpoint of if if we made her a superhero and did uh, specifically anime, we we run a risk. So uh, let's see there. There she's cosplaying as uh, one of the characters from Final Fantasy X, I believe. That's 10. Yeah. When it came out, we called it Final Fantasy X because, you know, then they did X2. Um, Yes, which was not 11 or 12. No. It was X2. It was X2. Um, there she is as uh, Jill Valentine from the Resident Evil ones. I'm saying there she is as I look down at my computer, uh, my none iPad, of the and none of the rest of you can see it. Um, um, let's see. I don't know that character okay. offhand. Um, there she is as Wonder Woman. Which every cosplay woman ever has played a Wonder Woman. A Wonder Woman or Black Widow of some type. Uh, ooh. ooh. There she is as, oh, what's the name of the character? I'm not a super into Street Fighter. Um, it's the uh, Russian oh, girl. Um, the Russian girl? Mm-hmm. So it's not Chun-Li? Not Chun-Li. She, a Chun-Li character would be really cool with her. Mm-hmm. Well, just the way you said, ooh, go ahead and send that over to him. Um, so <laughs> we're going to move on to other... Other challenges. Do we have anything in the chats? Uh, nope, right. nothing in the chats as of yet. So, so Ooh. you guys, come on, join us on the live stream. Send us some chats. We get people on the live stream that like to just lurk, and so it'd be it'd be nice to see some some things pop up in the chats. So, what's that face for? Oh. Hey, lurking is actually a phrase uh, on the internet for people who show up to forums and don't actually participate. It is the actual phrase to call it. I wasn't referring to that at all. Nice picture. (laughs) Anyway, moving forward. So my turn to challenge you. Your turn to challenge me. I have a challenge, uh, a yin and yang-esque challenge, because I know your passion for both of these characters. Uh, This week we had news come out or last week i guess we had news come out that two wrestlers wrestled some dark matches for potential of coming up to the main roster do you know who those wrestlers are mr smarks you better believe i do i'm angry about it but i know who they are carrying uh, cross and bronson reed i'm more yes. angry about one than the other but uh. Well, because one's going to get ruined and one's going to get a, the best push that he'd never earned in your mind. In your mind. I'm not going to say other people's mind. I think they both mind. are going to get ruined, um, but I'm less angry about one of them getting ruined. <laughs> so um, I want you to book their run. I want you to book their run to their first championship. 
on the main roster brand. You choose the brand, you choose the run, you choose the build, and then you choose the feud for the championship. Uh, you have to build that feud for the championship with a little more depth than the run. So you can say uh, dominant squash, you know, comedy, whatever it may be to a mid card, as I assume you will for one. And I assume you will build the other one straight to um, potentially beating Roman Reigns for the title. Um, so that's my guess. I, I could be wrong. You could be like, no, he's going to languish in the mid card. They're both going to be tag team champions. Uh, please don't do I, that, WWE. I, I'm I'm just trying to think if main event has a championship. <laughs> For Bronson? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, it's called the 24-7 championship. <laughs> oh, Got my gosh. There. Got uh, me there. All right, so I'm going to get out of your hair. I'm going to turn off my mic. I'm going to let you build both of their, their runs. The Yin being Bronson Reed. The Yang being um, Karrion Cross. You have your fun, and I will shut up. I thought you said you were going to be nice today. I think this is a nice booking. I think that you could have a lot of fun. I think they're, they're not hard bookings to do. I think you're going to enjoy the carry and cross build. I might enjoy the, I'm just, I'm frustrated with him. Not because so much that they can ruin him because they didn't give him enough time on NXT to be the dominant champion that he should. Well, they also skyrocketed him to the championship because they wanted to pull Keith Lee up and bury him real quick. Mm -hmm. So also great option for a superhero play. Keith Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can fly too. So, so um, so I'm gonna start off with. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna get Bronson Reed out of the out of the way first. So Bronson Reed, he is going to go to SmackDown. Um, and he's going to have a bunch of squash matches because that's what they're going to do with him um, to start off because big man equals power man. So they're going to squash a bunch of people. Eventually, his championship is going to be mid-card. He is going to feud with um, Apollo Crews uh, over the uh, Intercontinental United States. United States, yeah, I can't even remember. Intercontinental, right? Intercontinental Championship. I think that's the one that's on SmackDown. That shows how little that championship actually matters now, doesn't it? Um, but they're gonna he's gonna feud with Apollo Crews over that. He's gonna be the plucky upstart babyface who eventually beats the evil, nasty Apollo Crews um, for the championship and and a huge babyface moment where he's able to get the victory over the um, evil, evil Paulo Cruz. Um, and then he's going to lose the championship back to Apollo Cruz, and eventually they're going to make him shave his beard, and they're going to team him up with Otis, and they're going to call him some stupid name like the Heavyweights, and they're going to uh, put them in a, a fat camp gimmick where they're trying to lose weight, but they can't because they keep sneaking snacks after hours. Um and then we're never going to see him again. 
Because that's if I didn't have a plethora of background noise, I would totally be laughing that whole time. <laughs> um, as for Carrion Cross, I'm not going to have him go against uh, Roman, even though I think that would be a great feud for him and, and all of that stuff. I'm going to put him on Raw just because if you're going to take him off NXT, uh, the show that I try to watch on the regular, um, you better put him on a show that I at least can watch sometimes. So he is going to go on Raw. Problem is, I putting him on Raw. I can't immediately put him uh, up to to main card uh, championship status because, as much as I like Karrion Cross, putting him across from Bobby Lashley right now would absolutely ruin him. He would not look like a dominant beast next to Bobby Lashley. Um, So the, at that point, he would have to go after the North America, whatever the mid-card championship on Raw is. I think it's a U.S. champion, but I'm, but I'm not sure. It is, because Lashley used to hold that, and he's been on Raw the whole time. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct there. So it's the U.S. championship. Um, and and I know I, I'm supposed to know who... Who it is? I know he was Sheamus. on Raw. Seamus, that's right, Seamus. I was gonna say I know he was on Raw, and they were talking to him, and he was angry that he didn't get a free pass and the Money in the Bank. But then they were like, "Oh, you mean your face is healed and you're cleared to wrestle?" And he's like, "Oh no, my face hurts so much." So Seamus, um, the problem is you would have to have some plucky baby face taken off of Seamus first to have Karrion Cross be the dominant heel force that he is to come up to uh, and take it off him. So I'm going to say, you know, New Day is really good at establishing new heels. So I'm going to say Xavier Woods gets his run with the United States Championship, beats Sheamus and has a run with it. Karen Cross comes in and again is just dominant, destroys a bunch of job squatters, um, and eventually works his way up and faces off with the newly crowned Xavier Woods, the transitional champion. Um, and um, this one, this one has to be at like a uh, one that that favors the. Um, the heel method. So I'm saying like extreme rules. That's a good, good pay-per-view for carrying cross to destroy Xavier Woods at. Um, what type of match? Kendo stick match. Mm, I like it. Makes me think of a picture I've seen recently. So yeah, that's that's I think what I would do. Um, but if you really ask, what I would do is uh, I would not put them up to the main roster right now. I would let them continue to be in NXT and continue to uh, develop themselves. But uh, I I don't I don't hate the idea of carrying Cross going up. I really don't hate the idea of having him have an almost Goldberg-esque run. Um, he doesn't have to stay undefeated because he can 
he can, uh, you know, have some disqualifications or something against him. Uh, he's that type of guy. Um, but uh, uh, Chun Li, wow, great, great. Anyway, moving forward, um, he uh, he he definitely could have that type of run. The other piece that I really like about about Karrion Cross getting the mid card, one of the things, yes. I think the Intercontinental title moves on people too much. I think the world title doesn't move on people enough, or the WWE titles don't move on people enough. Um, but I think one of the things that could make the Intercontinental or U.S. Championship or any mid-card championship seem more legit that I don't recall WWE ever doing is the champion holding both belts one night and then getting stripped the next night of the secondary belt uh, or of the, of the mid-card belt. Um, I think that that's a really, really good move to add some significant um, strength to that belt, especially if you have the guy who, you know, pushed him to the limit. We'll say William Regal versus uh, Goldberg in that particular run um, be the one who, who wins it next. Or, you know, somebody who really just put on a great match with that that particular champion. Um where he eked it out at the very end. Um, you know, that, that type of thing. I also think that if you're going to, if I would agree with you, if you're going to promote somebody, there are other wrestlers that are more suited for the main roster to really start emphasizing, um, the work rate champion. Um, I, I can imagine a series with Adam Cole, Bebe, not the other Adam Cole, uh, versus Seth Rollins or, you know, some of those types of matches. Yeah, that's the deal is like, I mean, I get it. I love Karrion Cross, so I'm happy that he's having success. Um, however, I don't think the main roster is going to treat him as well as they need to, especially with the reports that um, they plan on moving him up, but not Scarlett Bordeaux. Oh, that's not fair. Um, which is which is even funnier because Scarlett has actually been in NXT longer than him. Not by much, though. She signed with NXT about six months before him, but she didn't debut until he got there. Oh, um, so uh, so, but that that she signs six months earlier. He shows up. They go on this run, and he gets promoted, and she doesn't. Seems a little shitty, you know. I feel like Tommaso Ciampa's promo skills are main roster solid. Like if I'm Tommaso talking, Ciampa's promo, uh, Johnny Gargano babyface promos are, are pretty good. Yeah, his his heel promos are a little nichey, um, and that's a little tougher. But uh, but yeah. you know, it's just just you know, but, uh, Adam Cole's promo skills are phenomenal. Um, you know, it's and I'm not saying Karrion Cross's promo skills aren't good. I just think, you know, if NXT is supposed to be where you build the next stars, then you should reward people who have been on NXT longer with a shot before rewarding people who have been on it less time. So, and I get it. Maybe NXT, maybe uh, Adam Cole Bebe has repeatedly said, no, I don't want to go up to the main roster. Could be. Maybe Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano have said, nope, you tried this on the main roster. 
Um, you treated us like crap. We moved us back down here. I don't want to ever try it again. Who knows? Maybe. But I just do not think that moving at this time to the main roster is the best for Karen Cross. No, or Bronson I don't either. Um, I don't either. I think MSK could go to the main roster right now and lend some legitimacy to the tag titles. Uh-oh. Oh, that's that wasn't a freeze. That was you reading. That that was me seeing. Uh, apparently, the other day, Hikaru Shida, uh, I, I'd missed it, but tweeted out her new ring gear. Um, and so I was looking at it, I was like, oh, geez, that's way different than her old red gear. And so... Now I'm trying to decide whether I like it. I mean, I like Arshida, but whether I like her ring gear. Anyways, yeah. um, re- talking about ring gear actually brings me to something I meant to to uh, talk about on the shows before. But I have this theory, and so far I think it's played out, uh, that uh, you can judge the future success of a wrestler by the quality of their ring gear in their early matches. Uh, as, especially in WWE, um, in modern WWE, I should say, because their ring gear on their early matches says a lot about the faith that that uh, Vince McMahon and the higher ups have put in that particular wrestler. Um, the hopes for the future, but so, some of the wrestlers who've come along and have had phenomenal ring gear have done really good, and then some of them have come along and had ring gear that's not particularly great have struggled. And unfortunately, I'm going to mention a name that you'd sort of alluded to earlier that I think is going to struggle because I think their ring gear is horrible, and that's Piper Niven slash Dewdrop. I think she's phenomenal, and I think she has all the talent in the world and deserves it and everything. Um, I think her ring gear shows that higher-ups don't have a whole lot of faith in her um, longevity on the roster, and so they don't invest. Now, now here's where I, I can already hear the potential smarks out there typing away and pointing out that the wrestler pays for their ring gear, and yes... I get that the wrestler pays for it and, and all that stuff, but the allowances for it and the freedom to create certain ring gear plays into it a lot. You look at some of the ones who've had a lot of success. They've had a lot of custom ring gear that they've made for themselves, but they have to have the go ahead by WWE brass to wear it. Right. So like um, Alexa bliss where wore her Freddy Krueger inspired outfit at at um, one of the shows one time. I can't remember which one it was. I'm sure it was somewhere in October. Um, Hell in a Cell, maybe. Uh, but um, but she had to get approval from Brass to have that and have it made. And I know she did a lot of making it herself. And Akarashita for AEW makes all of her own ring gear. That's one of the things, because she's a longtime cosplayer. She has the skills to do it. Um, AEW has their, their own on-staff seamstresses and stuff, but in the end, you know, the, the your outfit does have to go through approval by the company. And if the company doesn't approve you to wear this fancy schmancy outfit that you paid a lot of money to do, then that says a lot about their thoughts on your longevity. 
So anytime I see a wrestler debuting on any of the things, I kind of try to make a mental note about their their ring gear and whether it looks like it's it's quality made and flattering to them or or low quality and unflattering to them. And nine times out of ten, the low quality slash unflattering ones don't suffer or don't have a long long tenure well, on in the spotlight. A good a good example of that. So Nick A is now saddled with a superhero um mm-hmm. superhero gimmick. Um and Nick A and we know superhero gimmicks have yet to produce significant championships. Mm-hmm. Significant not longevity because there can be a lot of longevity in it, but significant um seriousness around their around their um talents. And because of that, with the I guess Molly did it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe well, maybe Nikki can overcome it. That's, Molly was that's a supporting the, superhero. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm hoping, hoping we haven't heard specifically backstage on this, Molly Holly recently has been reportedly backstage auditioning in a producer role. Um she's reportedly on whatever internship tenure or whatever they call it where she uh uh probation i guess is the word that i'm looking for where she gets to try it out for a while and then they'll decide whether they want to allow her to keep doing it or not um if anyone is going to be able to help Nikkei get uh her new gimmick her new superhero gimmick over um Molly could do it's it. Molly Holly, right? And so my only hope with this is that they have they put it in Molly Holly's hands and said, "Here, help her with this." Nikki wants to be a superhero. You've been the superhero gimmick before. Help her make this work. That's my only hope there. Um, well, I I would say Shane Helms because he used to be on staff for WWE, but he is not currently on staff for WWE. So. Uh, I, I think I think the the really cool thing with with Nikki is if they do what they did with Molly, they can have that heel turn later on. Um, Nikki can play a great heel. We've seen her play a great heel. Um, she's the right person to be the symbiote with the fiend. Um, not that not that Alexa isn't tearing it up right now, but at the end of the day, Alexa really plays malevolent bitch a lot better than she plays. Um, symbiotic supernatural power. Um, I I actually was thinking a little bit about this exact thing, though. Um, I think they can they could have a lot of fun, and maybe this is why they had them as a tag team on Raw this week. They could have a lot of fun with a fire and ice sort of gimmick. A, a good and bad, but they team up sort of a thing with it. Um where Alexa's the evil and Nikki's the good, and somehow or another they work together for the greater good. And, you know, in pop culture, that's a storyline that's been told a thousand times. There's even a really popular, um, I think it's an Amazon Prime uh, show called Good Omens that stars uh, Michael Sheen and and David Tennant as an angel and the devil uh, working together to try to stop the end times. Um you know, so I, I think, I think that's something that can, uh, can could play out with this. That maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know, but um, I just hope that they've got Molly Holly helping her out 
to to get this gimmick over and um and keep it going. Um I just I still don't like those colors. The mask didn't look like it fit her properly and maybe it was thrown together in such a short time and it'll it'll evolve to fit on her and hold her head better. Um Well we've uh, seen that they don't like to have the women's mask fit right. You know, me I'm looking at you. Sorry about your mask. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, I I think it can be done right. I think it's tough to do right. Um, I think it's really tough to take you seriously while you're the superhero, um, especially if they go, you're you're not you're not a hero superhero. Like if they just flat out make her dominant and uh, also multiple personality, you know, a, a secondary personality like he talked about with Gargano earlier. I think that works. So I don't know. But we are we are a ways in. Did we get any? Did we have any people's comment for us? Nope. Oh, all you people who listen on podcasts, come do some live stuff with us, especially on Tuesday nights. That's your window. Yeah, Tuesday nights are the best option for for audience participation. You could so, throw in a uh, an award during a post show, a post uh, on a Sunday night with a post uh, uh, pay per view, um, and maybe Smarks would throw that on. But it's going to have to be an award he's never thought of, and then he'd have to have, you know, a lacking pride enough to go. You know, that's a really good one to throw on there, and we all know how Smarks feels about good ideas that aren't his. Yeah, they they don't exist. See, I I think of all the good ideas. So he'll steal it from you on, on the following pay per view. You better believe it. <laughs> but he won't put it on that one. <laughs> Mature artists steal from the best. That's the that's the old saying, right? Which would be the fans. So that's perfect. The fans are the best. So anyway. We will go- We'll go ahead and move on. This will probably end up being a shorter show in the long run, but that's fine because I had a stressful day with a car dying and everything. So um, I'm fine with getting to bed a little earlier. I think you should just ride around in your favorite rocket ship. Rocket through the sky. In our favorite rocket ship. Rocket through the sky. Can't see the rest. Can't see the rest. We don't have to. We don't have to. There you go. We didn't. We don't. We don't have the the rights I, to it. I could go into the PJ Masked one because then then just bedtime is the right time to fight crime. I can't think of a rhyme. PJ Masked. Where the PJ? Masks. I have a three year old, so these are the things that I watch on the regular. These are the things. Um, a camera dropping could have gotten dangerous. Dude. Um, we are going to go ahead, though, and move on to our favorite other game that we play, which is uh, Ring of Honor, Impact, or AEW. Where would you put these wrestlers? The challenge is simple. I'm going to throw out three names, and he will have to decide where he would put them, and then he will throw out three names back to me, and I will decide where I would put them. Um, normally, I choose WWE names, uh, but this time I decided... 
that I am going to instead do AEW names. So this one actually will be WWE Ring of Honor or Impact. Uh, where would you take these three AEW wrestlers? Well, mostly because I realized we'd rocked through most of the WWE roster and we were starting close. to repeat ourselves. We were starting Not to repeat ourselves close. a lot. Um, Not so even close. We we say that, but uh, there might be a lot that we haven't hit, but we've hit the same ones multiple times. I remember last week on two of our challenges, we were like, we might have done this one before. Um, and then it was like a little different. So, But I am going from the Dark Order. We are going to do uh, Alan Angels, number five. Um... Alex Reynolds, number three, and uh, everyone's favorite, Johnny Hungy, number four, John Silver. You're not even going to give me evil, you know. Nope. Um, okay. Everyone well, loves I'm gonna, Johnny Hungy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that Braun ends up back at WWE, so John Silver's going with Braun. Can, can I just have John Silver go where Braun goes? <laughs> well, I don't think he'd go into AEW, so yeah, you can do that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to assume that, that Braun, after they're done paying for Brock, they bring Braun back somehow. You know, well, we're not, we're not going to use you for a storyline for six months, so we're going to go ahead and fire you, and then we'll hire you back. This is it's getting weird. It's really weird how he's doing this, how Vince is doing it. I don't understand it right now. Um Well, I do think it's I think it's an uh a situation of the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Uh the left hand being uh creative, the right hand being legal. Vince. Right? Oh. Yeah, where where there's a, a department, maybe maybe I instead of saying legal, I'll say contracts, a contract department that's deciding, oh, we got to let these people go because we got to save money or cut, cut our budget or whatever. But creative saying, oh, we got to use these people. Uh, it's why they didn't get a call that said, hey, by the way, I know you're spent tr- wanting to spend a bunch of money on doing a bunch of vignettes for Alistair Black, but well, we're going to cut him in a month. So don't even bother spending that money. They instead do a month's yeah. worth of vignettes and then uh, bring him back and have him black mass uh, Big E and uh, look like he's starting a feud. And then, um, well, no, never mind. He's been cut. So, anyway. But I think that also plays into why Samojo was brought back two months later. Because uh, I think creative was like, no, we have, we have a storyline for him. Um, like, no, we got to cut money. Well, no, but if you would have asked us first, we would have talked to him about renegotiating his contract to do this storyline instead of cutting him. Nope, too late. We cut him. He's yeah. shit can. So, um, yeah, so we're going to put, we're going to put John Silver, Johnny Hungy, um, to WWE. I, I really do see him as the guy who has a, a strange charisma, a Daniel Bryan esque charisma that people just seem to gravitate towards. Um, and I think he can pull it off in WWE. Um, 
Allen Angels. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Allen Angels to Impact and number three to ROH. And not a whole lot of reason behind those except for I just think they fit the, the overalls better. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I, I it's tough for it's tough for the, those two because neither of them have had really significant runs. They've kind of been the I hate to say black sheep of the dark order because they're all black sheep, but that's a different story altogether. Um but you know but, John Silver's gotten kind of a push. Obviously Evil mm-hmm. Uno got a push early. Um Colt Cabana has a push everywhere yeah. he goes. Yeah. And John Silver has a whole lot of charisma and has been fe- featured very heavily on like being the elite and stuff like that. And if he hadn't gotten injured, he hadn't had a shoulder injury, he probably would have been a major player in the TMP championship area right now. Um, Alex Reynolds, unfortunately, he's he kind of suffers from tag team partner syndrome in the fact that he, he was John Silver's tag team partner. They got brought in together as as a um, group, and then Johnny Hungy started to get popular. And Alex Reynolds is like, "Well, what about me?" And like, "Well, no." So uh, he's basically he's Tucker is what he is. He's Raven. What about me? What about Alex Reynolds? No, because the thing is, we cared about Raven, Um, but Tucker just got fired, and no one's really talking about where's Tucker going, Um, because Otis got really popular. So that's the deal. Is he's he's Tucker, uh, unfortunately. And then Alan Angels it was one of those. He got he got brought in at the start of COVID. He had some matches where he he surprised people on Dark. Uh, he didn't win any of them, but he put on just absolutely uh, great matches with like Kenny Omega and so on and so forth. So he got signed. But since then, he hasn't really been spotlighted much. And in terms of the Dark Order, he's kind of their their whipping boy. Um, it's the gimmick that they have with him, and that's fine. But it's it's hard to say. Oh, he deserves a spot on X roster because we really haven't seen much of him since then. So I get right. it. I put you in a tough situation. But. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to go back to WWE, and I'm going to I'm I'm just I'm solely doing this to prove you wrong. I think that I'm using characters that um, we have not talked about at all. Okay. I don't know that we've ever said anything about Apollo. So I'm going to throw Apollo in this. Okay. Um, I don't know that we've ever said anything about Piper Niven. Because I'm a dick and I use the easy out. Yeah, use the easy out because she's fresh from NXT UK. And you could use the whole NXT UK roster and I would say, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right because we don't fucking watch that. Nobody does. Hey, man. But that's that's your one out. You better knock it out of the ballpark with your third one. So I can't use like Colonel Dumbass or whatever his name is. Captain Commander Azim. Yes. I work, I, huh? be, I believe it doesn't work because I I believe when he was wrestling on Raw Underground under his real name Baba Tunde I believe we mentioned him one time. Did we? I believe so. 
I mean, if someone wants to go back and listen to all 80 some episodes of of FBI and and tell us uh, that we did or we didn't, uh, you're more than welcome to uh, prove me wrong. But I thought we did. We'll, at least one. we'll send you a T-shirt if you can tell us for sure. No ifs, ands, mm-hmm. or buts. You went and listened to them all. We'll send yes. you a T-shirt. It'll be the wrong size on mm-hmm. purpose. It's, it's not going to be not... one of our T-shirts. It's going to be uh, from from TJ Maxx uh, on clearance. <laughs> um, you know those packages of T-shirts? You can get 10 of them for like 3 bucks. Yeah, it's going to be size. one of those. One of those. Um, postage is also going to be, you know, do. just yeah. normal postage. Like yeah. four postage stamps do. on an envelope. Yes. You might have to do. pay the... <laughs> You'll actually pay more than the value of the T-shirt, but just to test and see if we'll actually do that, go ahead and try it. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to do Commander Aziz, and actually, I think I'll pu- I'll pull Piper Niven off. I'm gonna, I'm going to treat you even better than this. I'm going to do um, uh, Apollo. Sorry, we've done Cedric, we've done Shelton. So I can't use those guys who've been in that sequence. Uh, I am going to use Omos because we have never used Omos. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else we haven't used. Have we ever done Buddy Murphy? I think we have. We have. Pretty sure we've done Buddy Murphy. Multiple times. Yeah. Because we argued back and forth about whether to put him on uh, Impact or Ring of Honor or AEW. And I, like the last time, in fact, it was just a couple weeks ago, we did, we did Buddy Murphy. You put him at the same roster because it was people who were recently released, uh, including him. And you expected me to put Aleister Black in AEW, and I put Buddy Murphy in AEW first. So. That's legit. That's legit. So we have Omos. We have men like Apollo. a steel sieve. It means it's got little holes in it that things fall through, but the rest Me- of it. Yeah, I, I understand. The, the The second thing to go is your memory. What's the first? I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway, moving forward, I think I can get another one. Have we ever done Randy Orton? I really don't think we've ever done we Randy have, Orton. We have done Randy Orton. Are you Orton. sure? I am 100% you sure? certain. I've, I'm 100% certain we've done it within the last two months. No. Mm-hmm. I feel like another shirt from that packet could be sent and people can prove you wrong. I am 100% certain we've done that recently. And the reason is I'm pretty sure I was the one who challenged the others on Randy Orton. Uh, bear with me. I'm going to get, I'm going to think of somebody without using the, the, the roster. I can't. I don't know that we, there's anybody in the women's roster other than Piper. Um, I guess we're we're making it. Wow, there, our white privilege is about to show because I think the other one that we're going to use is uh, is uh, oh my gosh, um, New Day. Uh, Creed um, used to be Consequences Creed. Xavier Real Woods. Austin Creed. Xavier Woods. Thank you. I don't I think we've ever ninety percent oh, we, we've done him. Yes, we have. We did the we entire broke apart new, the new day. day. Yep, we mm-hmm. broke apart the new day. 
Shit. <laughs> um, See what I mean? See what I mean? It ain't so easy. Hold up. All right, I am going to use the roster. Just bear with me, folks. Can you still hear me? I only have so many oh. minutes of this. Of course I can still hear you. If you stop hearing me, just talk, talk instead of me. Um, are, oh. No, you can't say that. It's against the rules. As long as I'm singing it, it's a performance. Little Einstein. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. I'm pretty sure that's under fair use. List of WWE personnel. Oh, God knows we've used Akira. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not so easy, is it? I'm getting there. Just relax. I'm saying. Seems like you're struggling a bit. I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to make us not uh, white privileged. It's not working well. I think we've used all the, all the, all the white dudes. Um, got it. No, I don't. <laughs> Riveting TV. Right I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up having to be, uh, Having to show our right, white privilege, bud. Go ahead. All right. So we've got Apollo. We've got Omos. And we've got... I don't think we've ever used Titus, but I'm going to leave him off. He's not going to be... I did bring up Titus one time. Uh, because I remember the answer involved his comedy sliding under the ring. Okay. I think it was putting him in, in impact because of his comedy. Mace. Dio Madden? Dio Madden. We've never used him. We have. No, we have not. You are so full of crap. We have. I used all of the male rosters on Retribution uh, back relatively early when they were, were on here. I had made T-Bar and, and... Fine, Reckoning. It's Mia Yim. It's still, it's still not somebody who's... Um, I'm pretty sure we had Mia Yim one black. time, too. But 
but that's fine. At least one of those we've done before. I think we did Apollo Crews before too, but I don't um, think we've ever done Apollo. Have, I really don't think we've ever taken Apollo Crews. Almost is the only one that, of that that I'm 100% certain we haven't done, mostly because he only has been actively wrestling for like for about three you know, months. months. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. Um, but as I look through the roster, um, I mean, you got to go to like Ranjay Singh and the Singh brothers, mm-hmm. and um, we've even used we've even used. Uh, yeah, I really, you might be right. Almost maybe the only one we haven't used. You, mm-hmm. uh, you're right about Mace. Um, so we're non-discriminate on the roster usage, but mm-hmm. uh, yes. we're gonna we're gonna use those ones. We're gonna because we haven't mm-hmm. talked to almost ever, yeah. and so. we haven't talked. Apollo recently um, and Reckoning we haven't talked in ages Yeah, so um, Reckoning aka Mia Yim um, is unfortunately going to end up being probably the odd, odd one out of this uh, Apollo Crews is going to AEW um, I think he's got a huge upside um, as uh, long as they as long as they don't put him in uh, the Nigerian Prince Here's the thing is, like, um, I complained a lot about his uh, smiley black guy gimmick. Um, it because, would be an upgrade from this. But it would be an upgrade from the uh, stereotypical Nigerian prince uh, gimmick. Um, but I think in AEW, he could show off his athleticism. He wouldn't have to have a major, like, huge, high-concept gimmick. He could just be... Apollo Cruz or whatever his real name is, you know, um, uh, Asamoa, I think it is. Anyways, I may be butchering it too. Uh, so um, he goes to AEW. Um, uh, the reason I say Mia Yim gets the 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 short end of the stick is um, I think almost to Impact would be fun if only for the almost versus Moose potential. Ooh. Moose would be the little guy. Moose would look little. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- yeah. Moose would look like a small guy. You'd have Moose come in as the big guy and then all of a sudden be dwarfed in the ring. Um, Triple threat. Which- Almost Moose Apollo Cruz. <laughs> or Willie Mac. That would be really fun. Almost Moose Willie Mac. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But that means uh, Mia Yim would end up in uh, Ring of Honor, which is sad because I really like Mia Yim and I just never watch Ring of Honor. For logistical reasons. We've talked before about Ring of Honor isn't on in a time or location that's easy for us to watch. And um, I mean, maybe, maybe I'll start forcing my DVR to record it so I can watch it instead of the shit that WWE is putting on the main uh, show. But did I, did I, I think I shared it with the group uh, the, uh, the other day, uh, a tweet came up Monday when I did it was, uh, years ago, 2010, WD bragged about having two million women watch their Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, I saw that for uh, the and everything. And now they can't even get two million people, people. to watch Monday Night Raw. 
in an audience where women at best have consisted of 30 to 40% of their viewers. And that's probably pretty liberal. That's probably really throwing a lot of extra. They were in the room while dudes were watching type stuff. But so maybe, maybe is there a way I can rework the name raw and order to not include WWE main roster? Row or order? Just leave it. It's fine. We'll live. R O H and order. Row and order. Okay. Order. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe I'll leave it and we'll continue to watch the shit show that is WWE main roster. Well, there's news articles that WWE is going to change things soon. Of course, yeah. we saw that live on television once upon a time. Yeah, we we um, were the authority. Yeah, and then and then COVID happened. Yeah, a year and a half later, COVID happened. Yeah, but we were the authority for a year. Yeah, and uh, good job, authority. The but problem on is that to note, do something like that, you have to actually do what the fans say, which means you might get crap matches. That's not the way to do it either. No, what you need I, to do I is agree. have the wrestlers involved in the creative. Well, or or more more than that, have have creative have the power to do things because that's where the problem in WWE is. It's it's not that they don't have talented writers on staff and talented bookers on staff is that all of them get overruled by one man who has a vision for his company that is not pleasing the fans, right? I I seriously bet if you took Vince McMahon out of the picture and redid this entire last two years just letting creative do what creative wanted to do because creative was trying to adjust on the fly to what the fans like. They were listening to the fans. It's, it's VKM that is not listening to the fans and just doing what he thinks is right. Um, And that's where the problem is, is is is. one guy at the top. And so if you even just let the bookers and, and writers do what they're supposed to do, uh, let them write for the fans. The show would get a lot better. I think that's. I think that's why Impact is performing better. Uh, I think that's why AEW keeps performing better uh, because they're allowing the writers to write and they're trying to listen to the fans and they're reacting. You know, when the fans give them shit about something, AEW changes course um, or acknowledges the shit and makes it into a storyline. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, we saw them write the whole fireworks not working into the storyline after getting all sorts of shit about the fireworks not working, right? Uh, so it's listen to the fans and adapt. It's not writing exactly what the fans want, but it's listening to what the fans want and adapting. Now, I get it. COVID was tough for wrestling companies in general. It makes it tough to book consistently when 
you can't tell for certain what the fans are reacting to directly. You mentioned before Twitter is at least a tool that you can use uh, to do it. However, Twitter also still skews towards the ultra nerd fan and, and the, give you the casual fans. Mm-hmm. And, and to um, the negative, to the bull, to the cyberbully. Yeah, so you don't, you still don't get a true picture of who's over and who's not, but it's better than nothing. But like I said, there, I'm sure there's an entire crowd in uh, entire office in WWE that pays attention to wrestling Twitter. Uh, I am also 100 percent sure that they take that information to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and he doesn't read it and doesn't care. Um, and Wait so when, his middle name's Kennedy too. Yeah, yeah, but his last name is different guy. than yours. Yeah, God. Um, anyway, but uh, but he uh, um, he doesn't listen to it. He doesn't he doesn't read those reports. Mm-hmm. And AEW at least listens to it. Um, I do think the return of fans into stadiums will help both companies. Um, because. They give both companies the ability to hear, actually hear in person the way different wrestlers get reactions, right? I mean, I feel sad for Hikaru Shida because she had an entire year as champion and only once performed in front of a crowd, right? To lose her title. To lose her title. She never once got to hear the, the championship pop uh, that comes after a successful title defense. Or the heel pop, the booze. That matters mm-hmm. when you're a heel. You want yeah. people to... I mean, do you remember how pissed off... We went to a live show. We got Roman versus Randy as the show that pulled us past 205 Live. They wanted fans that, to stay mm-hmm. for 205 Live. So Roman versus Randy was our was our bonus dark match. Do you remember how Randy was just like, hey, guys, you're supposed to boo me? <laughs> like, <laughs> because there was a bunch of smarks like us there. Um, there was also a bunch of pop for Roman on the actual show. There was legitimate pop for Roman. But we all loved seeing Randy. And so Randy, you know, when he's doing the pose and everything, everybody's like, yeah, Randy Orton. And we're all, we're all just marking out for him. And he's like, ah, I'm not going to play with you guys. You guys are, are making me a face, and I don't want to be a face right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, that you get to see some of that from the fans. You get to yeah. know. But like I said, it's, it's so, so much of it is, is hearing it and adjusting. If Randy Orton came out on the regular basis and was absolutely cheered by the fans, WWE would pivot and let him be the face for a short period of time. Yeah, right. he um, just doesn't work. We what people marked out mark out for with Randy Orton is a great heel. Mm-hmm. He's just um, he really is. Yeah, but so th- this last year of not having crowds has hurt all the companies, right? I- Impact is not out of the woods because of it. Um, I- Impact, like Sammy Callahan as a character, works way better when there's a crowd there, and he can say he can say inflammatory stuff. And uh, just get like rabid, drooling from the mouth, angry at the fans because they don't respect him or whatever. And without the fans in the crowd, he is kind of. Um, and so they'll all, I think, do better once fans are in the crowd. But for WWE to pull themselves out of this 
hole they've dug them. They have to start listening to the fans and uh, adapting according to the fans, not according to Vince McMahon, who we've established before, it's been long established, is not a wrestling fan. Vince McMahon, prior to owning the company, was not a wrestling fan. Uh, He bought the company off of his dad because he saw the business potential in it. And he's run it like a business, and it's been wildly successful for him, right? But he is not a wrestling fan. And if you look at the times when it's worked best and they had the most uh, success in terms of storytelling, it's been when Vince McMahon stepped out of the way and let a writer's room and bookers do the job. Um, And yes, he still had final say and he would still make tweaks here and there. But literally every week for the past two years, has been the story that Vince McMahon tore up the script to Raw earlier in the day, and they rewrote the entire show at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, right? And that's not the way to be long-term successful. Yeah, that's not the way to be long-term successful. Um, He also has has some problems right now. Apparently, uh, USA Network was angry that um, Fox got a Hell in a Cell match, and they didn't. Last week, so they had to put a Hell in a Cell match on Raw this week to keep USA Network happy. Which means, in, out of four nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, three of them featured Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, but only two of them were on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Yeah, this this uh, this USA versus Fox thing... It, if if you directly actually split the brands, if you we we've talked about this before, where where as a corporate split, not you can still have the same umbrella company, but you have different writers, different headquarters, different expectations. You mm-hmm. you basically look at them and say you're supposed to beat them and you're supposed to beat them, mm-hmm. and if that that number one forces Vince out because then he can't try and and f it up. Number two, it creates competition between the two of them in writing, in performance, in things of that sort. Uh, number three makes Survivor Series matter. Yeah, it makes Survivor Series matter. Like a, a financial budget, you know, um, your mm-hmm. crossover, your crossover promos are going to have better stories written because you have two guys that are going. We have to write this right. I understand that that your guy is going to be on my show and, and, you know, they may win, they may not win, you know, those types of things, but we have to write it correctly. Um, and, and we have to have our timeline down before we write it. You know, we can't just, we have to know just like with any novel writing, you don't write a novel sequentially. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, mm-hmm. you don't write a novel sequentially. You write a, you write the beginning, you write the end, you write the middle. You usually do an outline knowing the beginning and the end. You may write the beginning and end at separate times or at the beginning before you write the outline, or you may write the outline and then write the beginning and the end, but you know where the story is going. The reader doesn't. You're the writer. You get to know where the story is going and Vince, when he reads a script, does not know where the story's going. That's why he tears it up. Because in chapter three, the protagonist breaks his leg, and he doesn't like that. Yeah. 
Well, that's the other. He, he he writes the story for one night, and the writers are writing it for a two month span. You know, yeah. uh, span between two pay per views or whatever, right? Uh, but that's why you know we talk about the brand split. That's why the brand split works. If you're going to have separate rosters for each brand, you need to run them like separate shows. If you don't want to run them separate shows, if you want to run them with one continuity and all that stuff, then don't split the rosters. Don't split. Go down to just one champion. You know, one champion, one United States or Intercontinental. I don't matter to me which one you choose. One tag team championship. One women's champion, right? That's it. And have that between both shows. And the they you know every show is is open book for whichever one whichever people you want on it. But if you're going to have SmackDown have a different roster, you're going to have Raw have a different roster. You want them to feel uh, that you have to run them like entirely separate products. Um, and that means, like we've talked about before, separate pay per views. The pay per view split needs to come back for that. And that might be an, a controversial claim for for wrestling podcasts because uh, a lot of the wrestling fans remember the previous brand splits and and they weren't always good. But I think part of the reason they weren't always good is they never went all in on splitting the brands. They always had this kind of toe in. They're still the same company. So our champion can appear on the other show if they need to or whatever. Nope. You you run them, you know, you this is the time for It also the, makes the draft matter. This this is the time for the Shane McMahon bought WCW type of storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Where where you have it and and you've got the perfect person for it right now in Triple H. You have Triple H show up on SmackDown one day and say hey you know i've been running nxt people really like running nxt uh because of it i was able to uh go behind vince's back and negotiate with the board of directors to take over smackdown this is a hostile takeover of smackdown by triple h uh vince mcmahon you no longer have any authority over this show um and yes it's okay fabe it's all you know storyline or whatever but in the end, you can then run that show like a separate show with a separate authority figure, a separate budget, a separate look, and then separate pay-per-views. And like we said on the previous one, you have the four joint pay-per-views, the big ones, you know, mm-hmm. SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. And then the other ones... You split between those two, four and four. You have a total of 12 pay-per-views a year. NXT still has their in-your-houses and whatever, their own takeovers. That doesn't count for these. The main roster pay-per-views, you have a total of 12, one for each month. And it effectively goes Raw pay-per-view, SmackDown pay-per-view, joint pay-per-view. Raw pay-per-view, SmackDown pay-per-view, joint pay-per-view. Or vice versa, you know. Effectively like that. So every month is a pay-per-view dedicated to a specific brand. And then you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking about, have we talked about this wrestler on on AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact? Have we talked about this? Because we'd see those wrestlers more. I mean, you look at that roster for SmackDown, and there's half a dozen wrestlers that you haven't seen in the last month. Why? 
because they have no reason to build them up in storyline because they won't have room for that storyline on a pay per view, right? Um, uh, but well, if they've got a pay per view all to themselves, they've got to put seven matches together. SmackDown's going to find over the course of a two or three month stretch a storyline to put every single major person into because they've got seven or eight matches to put on that pay-per-view coming up in two months and they have to fill that card. And there's other pieces to this. So it also gives you the chance to feature some of those wrestlers so that you can find out if they're freaking over. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't even know right now if they're over the other, the, the, the third part is if you want to talk about doing it right now, Literally in NXT, there's a storyline that just happened where Hunter could come up to William Regal and be like, hey, nicely played. You've got this. You had it for seven years. You still got it. Dude, I trust you so much. You're not just my my commissioner. You're now the general manager of this show. Mm-hmm. you're going to be over all of it. You didn't have to actually be over all of it, but you can write that storyline and, and Hunter can say, I've got some other things I'm going to go do. And then you have three competing brands, William Regal under the tutelage of triple H triple H has, is now encroaching on Vince's territory. Vince is nervous. We've seen it before. This one sounds a lot more legit. Um, you don't you don't have stone cold with with barrels of manure going into the Titan Towers. You just have this kind of not hostile takeover. You have this sneaky, underhanded, behind the scenes takeover, which is an eventual thing. So, I'm fine with the in your face takeover, but yeah, you know, that's that's that point. That's it, or you can do either way. But you're right. I mean, having and Trips is the right guy for it. Trips or Quite frankly, so is Shane. Shane was really good at it when he did it before. I think he could do it again. Um, it, I think it works. I, th- I really do. So, um, yeah, that's. I I wouldn't disagree. I think that that's that's a smart move. I think they should split them. Um, I think the titles need to move more. I think the mid cards need to feel like they're a stepping stone to the main cards. Um, which means Apollo Crews needs to be a viable contender for the WWE Championship, and Sheamus needs or Sheamus needs to be a viable contender for the WWE Championship, and Apollo needs to be a viable contender for the Universal, and just keep building it. You know, whatever they are, just let that long-term story writing come out. Um, but I don't know that Vince is going to care. But that's why I say is the full blend brand split leads to more wrestlers getting featured on both pay-per-view and TV because, uh, you know, what, what was the main event over the last four WWE pay-per-views? You ruining it with that picture. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I knew that would be confusing. Um, Rome, Your brain looks Roman, at it and goes, uh, uh, it was uh, it was either Roman versus or Lashley or Drew versus. Yes, you are correct. Of course, you know Hell in a Cell, 
the main event was Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, the previous pay-per-view to Hell in a Cell was... T- uh, WrestleMania Backlash! Yeah, WrestleMania Backlash. Which the main event of that evening was Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Um, however, the uh, the matches prior to it um, had Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. What? Who's no longer with the company, by the way. Who's that? Uh, it wasn't his older brother, Brain Strowman, though. Um, WrestleMania 37, of course. Main event matches. Well, of course, there's the you know, other stuff that went into it, but the main event match uh, on night one was uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. But on night two, you had Roman Reigns versus Edge and Daniel Bryan. So at least a little bit of different there. But you also had on night one, uh, uh, I think it was night one, Bobby Lashley versus you know, uh, Drew. Yep, Drew it McIntyre. Opened the show. You know, it opened, it the, opened show. the show. Yep, it was. The first. But that's the it's it's been the same match in the last. That's three. The last three pay per views. Let's go back to the one before that. that. would be a chamber match. Uh, yeah. I also don't like right now because they've started to mix the. Uh. Takeovers in to um, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The Wikipedia ones. So if I'm trying to scroll through chronologically, I have to do main event, main roster, main roster. Oh, nope, here's the takeover, and I have to go to the next one. Uh, Fast Lane would have been the previous Fast one. Lane. Yeah. Okay. Um, which the main event was Roman Reigns versus. Uh, Dan Bryan with Edge as the special guest enforcer. Yep. yep. Uh, but you also, right. also had uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. So That's it was right. a different was grudge match. Yeah. And, was grudge yeah, match. This, well, this was them determining who went on to face for the championship in the next one. Yeah. So yeah, and you're right. That's that's what they do. And so, yeah. So, I, and and if if you at least did the brand split fully and brand specific pay-per-views, you would guarantee that month to month you would not have the same main event on well the other piece except the other fun piece then is because right now we have heel champions on both brands, they can legitimately say I'm 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 too big. I'm, I'm not. They can either say, "I'm not being on the show with that other guy." Sorry, I'm not showing up for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And nobody really batted an eye about Sunday when Roman didn't show up in well, Hell in a Cell because he wanted his match on Friday night. The other piece to that that you can do is, "I'm so big. I'm the head of the table. I'm only going to be on the split brand shows." I ain't doing a show called Fast Lane. 
yeah. or great well, balls and, of fire. And that plays into something I was going to bring up. And this this may be a little bit of an old man yells at clouds moment for me. But I remember in the 90s WCW, one of the um, kayfabe rules that the champion had, uh, part of his champion advantage, it was the, the rights to refusal of a match. That unless it was one that had a contract stipulation, like, uh, you know, the number one contender who won the Royal Rumble or whatever has to get a shot at the championship... The champion had the right to say no. I'm not going to face this guy unless, um, yeah, unless somebody earned it or they were on their 30 day. They were on their 30 day yes, mark. They had and they this had is, to. This is your it. only match. Yeah, they had to defend it every you know, at least once during a certain period, 30 day, 90 day, whatever. Right, and uh, the person could earn a, a shot through like Royal Rumble or winning a. a battle royal or whatever right but but that would mean that there were there were lots of times where you would go two or three months of pay-per-views without the champion defending at that pay-per-view because he didn't want to the the chicken shit heel wouldn't defend on on this because they don't want to and then you know, then you would come on to the point where the manager, whoever it would be, would have to come to him and say, listen, it's in your contract. If you don't defend it within 60 days, you know, you lose the belt. And so then they'd have to find someone that they want to defend it against. And, and you would get the plucky, plucky baby face somehow or another uh, win the challenge match and, and get a shot at it and everything. And the thing is, keep in mind, this wasn't just for the main champion, but it happened to all of us. It's why uh, we have Sequel Pay winning the Cruiserweight Battle Royal uh, to face off with Chris Jericho. Uh, because Dean Malenko had to win that to get his rematch shot. Because Chris Jericho wasn't going to grant him a rematch, right? Correct. So... Uh, so that brings up storylines that you can tell. And going into this brand split, it means that you can have a a champion who, like you say, says, I'm not going to wrestle at this pay-per-view. Um, or says, I'm not going to wrestle you. Um, and then instead, the main event of that pay-per-view can be not a championship match, but a match with championship implications. Winner of this match gets the shot at the champion at the next major pay-per-view. Um, so there, there are a lot of fun things they can do with it if they just did it. But the this keeping the brand split, but they're not fully split, really is part of what leads to a lot of the problems here. So, That's okay. Anyways, we went off on a, on a rant tangent after our last uh, thing. So we're going to go ahead and start to wrap things up here on the live stream and the wrestling or the fantasy booking Institute. I should say there's going to be the links all in the doobly doos down below uh, for our Patreon, our merch store, all the social medias, the Facebooks and Twitters and all of that stuff down there. So uh, click on the doobly doos and, and go. There's a link tree there that has them all in there. I don't know if that happened there. Um, and so, uh, you know, check out all of that information down there. You can follow us on the social media. You can follow me on pretty much any of the social medias at Raw and Order 
WBU. That's uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Follow me there. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe, and I'm back. Oof. Yes. He dropped out for a second there, but it, all right, the handles are right up there on the screen. So if you're watching on the live stream or the replay, you can see them right down there at the bottom. Uh, DA, Vincent, K, Fabe, Raw, and Order, WBU. And if JLB was on here, this would be where he goes off on his tangent. JLB 420, Real Talk Radio 8 is the brand, Real Talk Radio 8, blah, blah, blah. But he's not here, and we're going to mock him mercilessly when we Dude. talk to him again later. Doing a new Big Brother review, reviewing yeah, we, my Big Brother's yeah. left toe. Yep, we're going to talk, and we talk about all sorts of social uh, stuff. So, like pop culture, you watch uh, the latest Tiger King mockumentary or whatever. We're going to talk about it four weeks later. <laughs> what are you doing, stepbrother? Wait, no, that's <laughs> different pop culture. That's a different pop culture altogether. <laughs> So we, we are going to go ahead and close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Um, thank you all for listening, and we will see you soon. I hope I have new merch next week for the show. That'd be fun. That would be. Yeah.